You are beautiful. You are worthy. Your dreams were put on your heart for a reason. No matter what anyone else might think of you for following them. So stand up, stand tall, and stand proud. You were made to shine. What's up, pretty peeps? How's it going? How's your day? Rocking and rolling? Crashing the to-do list? Maybe not. Maybe it is a rest day. I know it's a Sunday. A lot of people take Sundays as a rest day. I said this before, but um, my little sister, Lizzie, I say little, she's like less than a year younger than me, but she considers Sundays as her start of the week, which I've always kind of been like, that's interesting. I just, I don't know. For me, Sunday is my day. Maybe you're not like me. Maybe you are a busy to do like Lizzie on a Sunday. But for me on a Sunday, it is my one day of the week. I call it like my yes day. I, it's everything I want to say yes to, I get to do. I mean, within reason. But what that also means is stuff that I do not want to do, like I'm not doing it. And I'm not going to feel guilty about not doing it. Can I get an amen? Like I'm going to go, I'm going to get a nice long workout in. I'm going to go to my, see my middle schoolers for church. I'm going to go to to big girl church. I'm going to go to all the churches. I'm going to say yes to the things I want to do. And if I want to work, I will, but because I want to, not because I have to. Like it's my yes day. That's how I've always done it. And I love it. And I literally, you guys... I look forward to Sundays. I will be on Wednesday at the office or working on something and I'll be thinking, okay, okay, okay. We're going to get to Sunday. We're going to get to Sunday. And what I love about that is when you do that, I mean, whether you're in corporate or not, whether you're an entrepreneur, a writer, a coach, whatever you are, like having a day that you truly just reset is so important. Um, I was really not even wanting to talk about this, but I do feel that someone just needs to hear Like you need to set boundaries for yourself at least one day a week, at least one day a week you need to, and I know, I understand some of you have kids and that's like almost impossible. Maybe it's not a day. It's like an hour where you give your kids to your partner or you bring on a nanny or babysitter, but like that time, it's so important It's so important. Yesterday, I woke up super anxious. Yesterday was Sunday. I'm recording this. It's Monday now. I woke up super anxious because I had said yes to doing a bunch of stuff yesterday. I had no interest in doing when the day actually came. Have you ever done that? Where you're just like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. But you said it like two weeks prior and the day of you're like, crap, why the heck did I do this? So my rule is I don't say yes to anything on Sundays in advance. Like I don't, because I don't know how I'm going to be feeling that Sunday. And Sunday is my only day to not have to do anything I don't want to do. And so that's just my rule. And it's life changing. And so yesterday I woke up and it was a lesson learned because I was just bitter the whole time. And bitter is not a good look on me. It's not a good look on anyone. Just doing things I didn't want to do because I was like, this is my Sunday. So Moving forward for you, for me, for all of us. Have a day. Protect that day. Protect your boundaries. Now let's actually get into what we're going to talk about today. Which is appreciation for my note takers out there. I, I don't even know if 
you note take on podcasts. I've never taken notes on podcasts personally. Um, but like I take notes when I listen to sermons and when I'm actually sitting down, I think I consider podcasts to be more of like a multitasking thing. Uh, so maybe don't take notes if you're driving or on a stair stepper, but this is going to be around appreciation for the contrast. Okay. Because this is what I've begun to kind of understand about life. I don't know if you're like me, but I've had seasons of my life and not just seasons. I've had days. I've had moments where the question comes to my lips, God, why is this happening? Like, why is this happening? And maybe it's not this massive, horrible thing happening. Maybe it's something superficial. Like, I remember asking that question one time when it was about to be my formal, my first formal in college with my boyfriend. And I got this horrible, I like burnt my um, cheek with my curling iron. And there was like a scar on my face. And I was like, really, really right before my formal, this had to happen. Like God, why is this happening? It doesn't have to be this super deep, massive, horrible thing. It could just be superficial like that. I've asked it before when I, when I, um, when I have been going through maybe just seasons where it's like nothing bad is happening, but, but also nothing great has happened. And so you're just kind of like, God, what is this season? Like what, I don't even know what to look forward to. I don't know. Isn't that funny how, when nothing good happens in our life, we kind of just default to thinking about all the, the not good things that are happening and our energy just gets negative. Right. And I think all of us do that. We all are asking God, like, one time or another, why is this happening? And what I've begun to understand is that in order to fully feel joy or fully feel love or fully feel appreciation or fully feel kindness or fully feel presence or purpose or uh, empathy, you have to go through seasons where you also experience the opposite of those things. I did not fully appreciate my body and what it can do until I got injured and couldn't do it anymore. I didn't fully appreciate how much... Um, I mean, the, the, the soonest example is, is like, is, is Gwen, like my, my Gwenny, my, the woman that was like another mother to my family. And I, we, um, you know, I, I loved her to death and I knew how much I loved her, but I didn't really know how much I loved her until she was gone. And I couldn't call her every day and ask what she'd eaten or not eaten. Right. Like you don't really know how much something means to you until you have the opposite. And what I've become in, in, into this next phase of my life, what I'm beginning to see more of is how God will allow us to go through seasons, holding our hand through those seasons, right? Like he's not leaving us, but we will still go through the valley so that we can appreciate the mountaintop when we're on it. Because if you only live on the mountaintop, you don't really understand it's a mountaintop because you don't have the 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 understanding, the knowledge, the appreciation, the perspective of what it means to be in the valley. So for you, the mountaintop is just normal. That's standard. You don't you don't understand the the vastness of God's power to get you there. 
He can't get you there if you're always there. You know, like you, you don't really understand the love of God until you go through a season that's maybe so testing and so tormenting. You know, your partner left you. You didn't have that baby. Your friends left you. You heard those people were talking about you behind your back. You heard your people were, those people were being a bully to you. Your, your financial statements were not where they wanted to be. Someone stole from you. The house got evicted. You didn't get into that school that all your friends got into. Um, you know, whatever it is. Whatever it is, you didn't get into the competition. You didn't win the tournament. You didn't get the scholarship. Whatever it is, you don't know God's love until you go through a season like that and you come out on the other side, looking back and saying, thank God that happened because now I know God. Thank God that happened because now I was led to this thing or that thing, or I became this person or I acquired this characteristic. There's a song and it brings tears to my eyes every time it and it's called scars and it, it just re, it's like thank you for the scars because now I know your heart and you know in the song it talks about like Jesus's scars Jesus's scars the contrast of he was dealt with so much hate and shame but because of him going through that, we can understand full love and the full capacity of love. But not only that, it's like in our own scars, in our own personal scars, when we go through things that cut us to our core, that's when we're opened up and we're raw. We're raw enough to receive the actual meaning, to get another perspective, to bring light on the next thing God needs us to know, to show us about himself. Last week, I was in a meeting, and growing up, my um, my biggest, I didn't really understand why, but I hated bullying. I mean, to another level. And, you know, I think God gave us each in our hearts something to be extremely emotional over, and that's kind of his, like, big sign as to like, go solve this problem here. Like some of us, we get emotional over world hunger or we get emotional over um, robbery or we get emotional over the uh, systematic racism or we get emotional over whatever it is. For me, it's bullying. I I can't stand it. Like it it makes me want to cry when I see someone in for me, bullying isn't, um, it isn't outright like someone, you know, saying something mean directly, a lot of times it's just when people make other people feel small, whether that's with a side comment or, you know, kind of degrading and belittling their opinions or their ideas, making them feel like they haven't earned a seat at the table when God's given us all a seat at the table. And last week, it was funny because um, I hate saying someone made me feel because I feel like, I feel like, I hate saying someone made me feel because it's true. Like you cannot feel inferior without, someone can't make you feel inferior without your consent. Eleanor Roosevelt said that. I believe that. Um, I do think there's just some people out there that are just jerkazoids, if you know what I mean. They are just the worst. And they go around intentionally trying to make people feel crappy about themselves. And there was a situation last week where that happened. And it wasn't direct, but it was a side comment. And I left that meeting with tears in my eyes because I felt so stupid. And I felt like a little bug that someone just stepped on. And when that happens to me, when when people say things to me, I'm the type 
Maybe you're someone, you're tough, you're like, screw them, whatever. I internalize everything. I'm like, holy crap, let's do a full analysis report in my mind of what this person said, how they said it, the energy they said it, when they said it, the posture when they said it. Oh, yes, yes, they definitely think I'm not good enough for this. <laughs> like, that is always the conclusion. It's like, yep, they definitely think I'm not good enough for this, so I'm definitely not good enough for this. And that's where my mind goes. And I think that's where a lot of ours goes, whether we realize it or not right? Like we, all of a sudden it's like, oh, they don't think I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. Sure. 10 people might be saying I'm good at this, but that one person doesn't. And I had this feeling of, I feel so small and I feel so insignificant and I feel so unimportant and I feel so incompetent and I feel so worthless. And I went home went home and I, I talked to my mom and I was like, mom, I feel so insignificant. Like I feel so small. I feel like I don't even have a voice right now in that room. Like I, I don't, I don't feel powerful. I don't feel strong. And talking it through my, with my mom and then a similar situation happened to somebody else that week and I was talking to them about it and it just hit me with God. Um, it was like, okay, why is God, why did that happen? Well, could be because God just wanted me to feel a little small, but that doesn't sound like God. It could also be the contrast. Okay. Someone FaceTime me. In my defense, no one's FaceTime me in a while on this podcast while I've been recording. So I, uh, that was, it just so happened. It just so happened. So where I was saying is the contrast. I hate the feeling of bullying. I hate the feeling of being small, of feeling small, like someone making a comment, saying something about an idea I had and poo-pooing it and, and making me feel small. I hate that. And how I'm choosing to interpret what happened last week, and I'm going to tie it back to something you're going through in your life. I promise, I promise, I promise. I felt like God was telling me, Annie, that feeling you had, yes, I let it happen because you will never forget it. And you will never, as much as you can in your power, if you're being intentional and inviting me into the conversation, you will make sure to never make someone else feel that way. One day, when you're at the spot that I need you to get to and where I'm taking you, you will remember this feeling, this feeling of being small, this feeling of, of feeling unimportant, feeling like you don't have a voice. You will never forget that. And so one day, when you're where I'm taking you, you're going to look back and you're going to make sure people have a voice. And when they ask questions, you don't make them feel stupid. And when they have ideas, you support them. And when they, when they speak, you listen, you lean in. Even if you disagree, you try to get where they're coming from. You never make them feel small. It's the contrast. Without experiencing hateful words, harmful words, discouraging words, you can't appreciate kind words. You can't appreciate giving life-giving words, right? Sure, maybe you were, gosh, at your work or wherever you are, you know, you are just constantly being berated with awful things. But when you give life-giving words back, you have an appreciation for that because you know what it feels like to not receive those. 
We are a conduit of love. And to be a conduit of love means you have to have experienced the opposite of that. So every time, every time you go something through something in your life where where you're constantly asking the question, God, why did I go through that? You're constantly, you know, you you didn't get the loan. You didn't get the money you were expecting. The papers didn't come in. You didn't get the grades. You didn't get the trip to that place where all your friends are going for spring break. Your parents can't afford it. Your parents got divorced. You didn't get the role model going up. You didn't get the body that everybody else got where they can eat whatever they want and not gain a pound. And you look at a hamburger and gain 20 pounds. Like you didn't get the things that you thought you were. You didn't get the characteristics. You didn't get the life. You didn't get the trajectory that everybody else is and that you thought you were going to get. But it is in that contrast, the things you're learning, the doubt you're receiving, the hate you're receiving, the fear you're receiving, the discouragement you're receiving, it is in that that one day you're going to be able to give something so much better and so much greater and for a greater purpose and a greater standard and from love at its root. And you're going to be able to appreciate it while you're giving it. Why? Because you know the opposite. God uses it. God uses it. And I'm so grateful because every single time I've gone through something in my life that has just sucked and I've asked God, why, why am I going through this? There is always in those cuts in my heart of the pain, it's also cutting through a deeper threshold of joy. I always say this, it's like, you know, when you grow in your capacity for pain, when you have been hit to a lower level that you've never been to before, it is now your also capacity for a greater level of joy. We can't self-select which emotions we feel more of. We can't do that as human beings. You can't, that's why Brene Brown always says, like you can't numb out happiness or sadness or anger individually and expect it not to affect the others. When we numb out our sadness, we also numb out our ability to feel joy. And so when you feel the pain of that thing that you're going through and it goes and it cuts deep, it cuts deeper than you've ever been before, remember it is also cutting deeper into another level of joy, into another level of happiness, into another level of appreciation, into another level of purpose, into another level of God's hand on your life, into another level of awareness as to what's right and what's not. And from there, you can reconfigure your life. You don't really appreciate kindness until you've experienced hate. You don't really appreciate belonging until you've experienced isolation and rejection. You don't really appreciate a good work environment until you've been to a crappy one. You don't really appreciate money in your bank account until you know what it's like to have none. You don't really appreciate food in your pantry until you know what it's like to have nothing in your pantry, to not even have a pantry, to not even have a house. And I'm not saying, you know, you go to that extreme of levels, but I am saying every single time you feel like God's taking away something. I remember when I got injured, I was, I get very upset when I've been injured. Because <laughs> for me, working out is part of my process. It's part of my routine. Like, think about that thing that you do every day that you kind of center your, your whole day around. For a lot of people, it's food. It's like their meals is the thing they, they well, imagine if, if it was like, oh, well, nope, you're fasting for the rest of your life now because you don't have that structure. 
That when I was injured, like I scheduled my days around my workouts, that was taken away. I was devastated. I was cutted. I was absolutely gutted to my core. But you know what I found was happening as I was going through that process? All of a sudden, when I felt joy, I really was aware of it. Because most of my days were filled with so much pain, physically and emotionally, when I had a moment of, I'm having a good moment, I was so grateful for it. When, when I felt the sun on my body and it was, you know, winter, but it felt so good outside, I was, I soaked in it. Like I was aware and I appreciated it, right? You become so much more aware of what you can be grateful for when you go through seasons where maybe everything you never would have asked for is happening. And that's my prayer for us as people. I pray that God continues to give us contrast. I was posting a picture on Instagram the other day and I was doing all these different edits. I was trying to figure out like, okay, I typically just, just change the brightness. Pro tip, if you like lower the brightness a little bit, you look a little tanner, look a little better. And that's typically all I do on my photos. Um, I don't really like the the filter society and stuff, but there was contrast button and I hadn't clicked that before. And it was funny as I, as I increased the contrast, the picture was like so clear. I mean, it was like, whoa there because it was me and just a blank backdrop. And I was like, wow. I mean, everything was just so in focus. It looked weird because it was like too in focus, but I thought about that in our life. It's like the more contrast there is in light versus darkness, the more clear we are. And how do you get more contrast? Well, the darker things have to become darker and the lighter things have to become lighter. Sometimes God will allow, maybe even, you know, facilitate harder times coming through our life, not because he hates us, not because he doesn't want us to succeed, not because his hand is, is coming off our life, but because he loves us so much. He's trying to provide us with contrast. We have been numbing out life so much and numbing out ourselves and numbing out God's purpose that we don't even really recognize God in our story anymore. You know what happens when you turn the contrast way down in a photo? Everything blurs together. You don't know light from dark. It's like, a, it's like a solid gray. And I think a lot of us, like, we're just living in the gray. You know what I mean? Like, we, we're not really light. We're not really dark. It's like, we're just like, but we can't identify God in that because there's no contrast. Like, we don't know what's the enemy versus God. We, we don't know because there, it, there's no contrast. So maybe if you're going through a really crappy time, it's because God has a really important thing in store for you and he wants to make it so clear you don't miss it, which means he needs to increase the contrast in your life. So the darker things might get darker, but guess what? The light will be easier to identify. 
We don't need to be walking around living ourselves in, in a gray filtered picture of life. No, we need contrast. We need to be able to say, that's God, that's the enemy. That's light, that's dark. That's kindness, that's not. That is someone in my best interest. That is not someone in my best interest. That is definitely the way I need to go. I need to stay as far away from that other way place as far as possible. Like we, that is a gift, that is a skill. And that's a skill that's sharpened the more our contrast is created. Don't fear contrast. Fear the blur. Fear the gray. Fear the lack of contrast. Don't fear the darkness. Light beats darkness. Don't fear darkness. Fear not knowing the difference between light and darkness. Fear living your life in such a way you can't identify God in your day because everything is just meh. It's just bleh. It's just the same. God is everywhere. He is everywhere. But some of us need to turn our contrast button up. Turn it up. And that happens when you praise God for the hard. You praise God for the dark. You praise God for the injury. You praise God for the, for the lack of money that you needed. Because it's redirecting you towards something else that he needs you to do. It's providing you with clarity. And clarity in today's society is a priceless currency. It's expensive. Why is it expensive? Because it's rare. And it requires you to say no. It requires you to get focused. And to get focused, you got to say no. Oh, I am looping this back to the beginning of my podcast. That very rarely ever happens. But you got to say no. Like I said in the beginning, yesterday, I said yes to a bunch of stuff I didn't want to do. You need one day a week, one hour a week, where you just have time to say no. I am doing what I'm doing. I'm staying course. I am creating contrast in my life. I'm creating it. I'm being intentional. The bad times shine light on the good times. They make you appreciate it. That is something to celebrate. But you got to focus on it that way. You got to focus on it that way. But above all else, thank God for your contrast. Hey friend, thanks so much for listening all the way through. The fact that you did says so much about your willingness and curiosity to get into your personal development and growth. You guys, if this episode touched you and your spirit in any way, I pray that you share with two friends that you think would really find value in this. This is how these messages get around. And I know I personally just really appreciate when a friend thinks of me when they listen to something and think that I'll find value in it as well. Also, if you find so willing, please tag to your Instagram stories and make sure to tag Annie B. Mayfield. At the end of every month, I will be doing a drawing from everyone that is posted on their Instagram stories for a $50 Amazon gift card. You guys, I appreciate and love you all so much. Have an amazing day.